You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group and American National Insurance. Grilling season is here, and you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For. People who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. Welcome to a very special edition of To Dine For The Podcast, where we meet the world's most innovative and creative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's podcast is the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters, Artis Stevens. And what's really powerful is that the sense of a relationship is intended to give exposure and access to even more relationships, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I remember about my best mentors, Mm -hmm. that they opened doors for me to get access to other people, other exposures, to learn about different cultures and backgrounds that I had no idea and experiences about for people to be able to contribute in my life, for me to be able to contribute in other people's lives, that it works so that they both find value in the power of the relationship. Artis has devoted his career to helping serve communities, first working at the Atlanta Public Housing Agency, then the Boys and Girls Club of America. He spent many years at the National 4-H Council, and now his career has taken him to be the president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters. I have a very personal connection to this organization, as I was a big sister many moons ago. And so I'm doing things a little different today. For the first time ever, I invited a co-host to this podcast. It is my little sister, Maya McIntosh, who I met nearly 20 years ago when I became her big sister. I asked Maya to interview artists with me, and together we hear the incredible story of Artis's career trajectory and his vision for this game-changing organization. Please enjoy my interview with Artis Stevens with special guest, Maya McIntosh. Artis! Hey there, how we doing? Good, how are you? 
Good to see you. Great to see you. Thank you so much for doing this and being on to Dine for the podcast. Oh, I'm excited. Thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. And any chance I get to hang out with my little sister, Maya McIntosh, who I want to introduce you to, is a good day. So thank you for creating this scenario where this can happen. Oh, that's terrific. Hey, Maya. Hey, how you doing, artist? I'm doing well. It's so good to see you. And and I love, man, when, when Kate shared with me just, you know, the, the mission connection here. It's so funny how everything just comes around full circle. It really I is. I know. Artist, I can't wait to dive into your story. And Maya has some amazing questions for you, too. I just want to begin by kind of telling our story because it's so, I think, parallel with your mission and what you're doing at Big yeah. Brothers Big Sisters. So Maya and I met 21 years ago, which I can't even believe is coming out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> Maya was eight. She's 29 now. She is killing it in Seattle working for Amazon. I am could not be more proud of her. But more than anything, she's like a friend to me now. You know, she's not my little sister anymore. She is a friend and we connect on some of the, uh, my biggest passion points, which are, is food and travel. She's right there with me. And, and I'm jealous of her because she's planning these amazing trips. She's cooking these incredible meals. And we have this great friendship now, which has really grown. Oh, that's great. That is so special. And I, I love to hear about the connection and, it, and it's so on brand for us. Kate, yes. right. That, that's yes. the power. That's what we're about. The power of connection. So when I hear these stories and I, and when you even reached out to me about like what you talk about and the power of this podcast, it's so related and so connected to our mission. So this is just right up my alley. Yes. Yes, it is. Maya, do you remember the very first time that we went out to eat together? Yeah. So Kate actually had introduced me to the world of food. Like I had not experienced food in the way that I experienced it with Kate. She would take me to these really authentic restaurants. And I remember the very first time she took me to get sushi. Um, I had not had it before. Uh, you know, we were living in Little Rock, Arkansas. Like, that's not something that you just go out and eat. Um, and she took me to an authentic restaurant. She took me somewhere where we're sitting on the floor and she's teaching me how to use chopsticks for the first time. And she's telling me stories about the food and giving me like a background. And it really made me appreciate food in a different way. And the whole experience was very eye-opening for me. And I take that with me today when I'm thinking about food, when I'm looking at new restaurants or when I'm reading articles about, you know, what I want to try next or what I want to expose my friends to or my family. But I'm actually just curious to know from you, like, artists, if you had any favorite, like, food memories from childhood that really opened up your world. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> So, Mama, let, 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 let me let me just probably couch it this way. So, I grew up in a large family, and it was eight of us, right? So, and, and I was the youngest in the family. Uh, so we we had to go to town on trying to get our, our plate, our best <laughs> food. Uh, but I come from a family where where like my dad was in the ministry. My dad was a preacher. My granddad uh, was a preacher as well. So for us, growing up in the church, everything was so much around food, right? Mm -hmm. The connectivity of after church, before church, mm -hmm. uh, in between the connectivity of food. And I always remember like Sunday rituals, right, for, for our family, because that was so important. And when I say family, it's really important that I also like just reinforce for me the idea of family. And, and even what I see today and what I talk about today it's not just those who are related to you by blood, right? Mm -hmm. It's the idea of people that 
kind of share a common spirit, common values, common connection. That's what I had in the church, right? So one of the things that my dad used to always do was that there were a lot of people who didn't have the opportunity to have, you know, food or the right food or those types of things. So he would invite those folks over our house, right? Wow. So every Sunday we had like the eight of us, but it could be like 20 or 25 of us because it was whoever that week needed something, needed a little bit more, needed that substance, right? Not just in terms of your body, but all of your spirit and your yes. soul as well. So for us, food was about soul. It was about mm-hmm. connectivity and soul and heart and how we connected with others, not just in our immediate family, but with our community as well. So it's incredibly special. And I'll say, you give me today anything in terms of some good Southern cooking, right? <laughs> you got me You got me down and, and, and I'm ready to roll. Like that, that for me is like just my, uh, I always tell people and, and my wife and I like laugh about it today. Uh, if you ever want to get me in town for anything, Bring me to a good soul food or southern <laughs> southern cooking restaurant, uh, and I'm coming your way. Yes, yes. Well, it's okay. funny when I moved to Arkansas on my first day of work, the, the, one of my coworkers took me to a place called Yo Mama's, and mm. it was a cafeteria. And behind this glass section with all the food, you had smothered pork chops, you had chicken fried chicken, you had chicken fried steak, you had fried chicken. I said, there's a difference between fried chicken, chicken fried chicken and chicken fried steak. They're like, oh yes, there's a distinct difference. And then you got the cream corn and the okra and the collard greens and and then okay, what, yeah, you in there? Oh, you know the stuff. butter. The, I mean, the, and then you got the you got to have. Uh, I, I've never seen people put butter then drizzle it with honey. I, this has changed my life. I mean, that cha- that alone it changed my life. So I understand. What's really fun about my first time with Maya is because when I became a big sister, I didn't know what to do with a kid. I'll be honest. I'm an only child. I didn't grow up with, I didn't grow up like artists. Unlike you, I did not grow up around a lot of kids. So I was kind Mm -hmm. of uncomfortable. I was like, I knew I wanted to pour into someone's life and to be a friend, but I didn't know what to do. And I say this because I know a lot of people listening might want to become a big brother or big sister and and may feel the same kind of trepidation that I felt. And I said, what am I going to do with her? (laughs) And I said, I'm going to do the only thing I know how to do, which is go out to eat and have some, have a great connection over a meal. And so Mm -hmm. I started with sushi, but Maya said the most remarkable thing at the end of our meal. I said, you know, what did you think? She said, I loved it. And I said, well, we can go again. She said, no, I want to go somewhere different. Yeah, that's right. And so that was like the beginning of Indian food. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we went to so many different types of restaurants. We, we exhausted Little Rock, Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> didn't we? Yeah. But, we but that was in her. That was her. That wasn't me. You know, it, yes, I exposed her to that, but that opened up a door that was actually authentic to who she is, because mm-hmm. that is who she is today, isn't it, Maya? You love Definitely. food. Definitely. I love food yeah. and I love to connect with people over food. And I love to uh, experience new foods with my family. Um, As like you said, artists, food is a big part of a big family. I also come from, uh, there's eight of us (laughs) with my siblings. So yeah, I have a big family and being able to experience good food and create good food for your family. I think that Kate opened my world up to being exposed to different cuisines, different cultures, and really embracing like the meaningfulness behind food and how it can bring people together. Yeah, yeah it was fun. I absolutely love that. I love it. And 
and just listening to you two, it, it, it's it's the premise of what our relationships with the match, right? Like yes. the big and the little is all about. It's exposure, it's access, it's it's creating opportunity, it's creating connection. And here's what's so powerful about your stories, right? When I listen to your story, that sort of embodies what Big Brothers Big Sisters is about. The impact happens both ways, right? It, it happens both ways. I think sometimes traditionally in our country, when we've talked about the idea of mentorship, it's been the sense of, hey, here's the adult mentoring the young person, right? Yes. And that's not what we see. We right. see it both ways. Yes. And our, our research, our stories, it all speaks to the same thing that the adults will often say, I had as much or even more impact on my life than I felt like I provided, right? Mm. Yes. And what we know is the most significant connection that our bigs and littles do together is through food, right? It really? is by far. Yeah, it is by far. So, and, and it's funny because we're just coming off some research that we just did of all like 2,000 bigs and littles. And we asked the question about what is your most favorite activity to spend time? What are you doing? Yeah. The number one thing that they said is, is over a meal, right? Enjoying each other, enjoying our connection over a meal. So it is like right up to line of what you're saying. And what we find is the meal is symbolic as well to the sense of opening up new experiences, uh, opportunities, being able to break bread literally and figuratively yeah. with each other and build those connections. So it's, it's really powerful to hear your story because it's the story of millions of other across the country. Oh, I love that. I will tell you when I was 24 years old, so I was a single woman. I didn't have any kids. And my boyfriend took me to a church that I did not belong to. So a, a different kind of church. And I, the pastor that Sunday spoke on time, on how are you spending your time? And it really made me think, he said, how are you spending your free time and are you pouring into other people? And I was 24 years old. I was shopping on the weekends. I was going to the movies. I was having fun. I was not pouring into anyone. <laughs> and it really kind of, it made me kind of check myself and say, is there a way that I can contribute? And it wasn't sh soon after that I learned about Big Brothers Big Sisters and I said, Let's give it a try. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people think to themselves, well, how did you come to know Big Brothers and Big Sisters? And I'm not sure if that seed wasn't planted at church, whether I would have followed through with it, but it led to like years of me being a big sister because you then moved to Memphis, right? That was kind of where we kind of, we kept in touch, but you moved to Memphis and then we reconnected as an adult and just to watch your trajectory. I, I remember you wanted to be a lawyer when you were mm -hmm. eight and nine, which I thought was so incredible. And I, every time we would meet, I would always say, you know, let's, let's get this lawyer ready. Let's you know, let's get, <laughs> what are we going to do to get you ready? Um, which was probably a little premature. I mean, that was a little, you know, tiger mom of me to, to do that. But um, you know what, it led to great places for you. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To Dine For The Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Grilling season is here, and you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. I'm really curious, Artis, when you were at the University of Georgia, did you know that this was the path you were going to take or what did you want to be when you were a college student? Yeah, I had no idea that this was going to be the path that I was going to take, right? (laughs) I knew I wanted to do something that was meaningful. And as my dad would say, you know, I, I commonly share a story with folks to say that, you know, my dad being a preacher, my granddad being a preacher, everyone, I mean, everyone asked me, oh, you're going to be, they told me, not more than asked me, they told me, you're going to be a preacher like your dad, dad, <laughs> in the greater community. Uh, and I always remember because I was seven years old, by the way, right? It was like you were just saying about eight years, I was seven years old when folks were saying this. So I went to my dad and I said, hey, am I going to be a preacher like you? And I'll never forget what my dad told me. My dad said, everyone has their ministry in this world. You have to find yours, right? Mm, and it great. stuck with me, right? Because it, it showed me that I wasn't bound by generational expectations. I wasn't bound by what I looked like, where I came from, how much money we had. But it was about this journey that I could take myself, right? To Mm -hmm. find my own identity, to find my own independence and that empowerment. And that empowerment got me to college. And it's interesting because I was actually going to law school. Were you? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was, I was headed to law school when after, after uh, University of Georgia had applied and everything. uh, And I went back home. And it was another mentor. It was a gentleman that I met and he took me out to a public housing community and he said, tell me what you know about this uh, public housing community. And I, and I looked at him and I just started laughing because I, I knew he had done his homework. Mm-hmm. I told him, I said, this public housing community, the playground was the playground I played in as a kid. Right. Wow. And then he said, you can always go to law school, son. But he said, you can't always come home and change your community. 
right? And he sold me because I never went back to law school, right? So he, he was strategic. Me. He was very he strategic. Was strategic. He was smart. But I will tell you, it, it changed my life. You know, I helped to transform that community and that community helped to transform my life, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it was it was my anchoring and finding this is my space, right? This is my ministry. And I was always intended to follow this ministry. Sometimes you have to have nudges, mentors, guideposts, people like you, Kate, of what you were for Maya and then vice versa. How Maya was to you, like every interaction that you had. And that's the power of these relationships, right? They help to give you an experience. They help to nudge you away. They help to sometimes be people that draw you back from something, right? That you shouldn't be going down the path to do. But it's all helpful and supportive that helps us to become the people we are today. And And what's really powerful is that the sense of a relationship is intended to give exposure and access to even more relationships, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I remember about my best mentors, mm-hmm. that it wasn't simply just about them and me. It was about they opened doors for other people. They opened mm-hmm. doors for me to get access to other people, other exposures, to learn about different cultures and backgrounds that I had no idea and experiences about, for people to be able to contribute in my life, for me to be able to contribute in other people's lives. And when you find that great mentorship relationship, and that's what we have done for over 118 years now at Big Brothers Big Sisters, is trying to ensure that the match, right, however that match works between an adult and a young person, that it works so that they both find value in the power of the relationship. Okay, so two thoughts just are are screaming at me. One is how amazing of your father to liberate you from the pressure of being a preacher, because he could have easily said, he could have reiterated your other family members and said, you're going to be a preacher. And who knows? You're a charismatic guy. I can see you as a preacher. So like that could have been your Kate. (laughs) (laughs) So like kudos to your dad for like kind of giving you permission to go your own way and be it's funny, I don't know, Maya, you, you were too young when, when we got matched. So I don't know if you ever had to like do an interview or had to write anything down, but I just remember, and Artis, I want you to fill in the blanks here for me of, of how a match works. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Because mm-hmm. I remember saying, they asked like, who is your ideal person to be yeah. matched with? And I remember saying someone who's really curious about the world. And I got exactly that with Maya McIntosh. Yeah. I mean, she is so curious. I mean, I, I, we were completely divinely matched, I believe, because yeah. it, it, we could not, I could not have had a better match. And I'm just wondering, take me through the process, artists, of what this is like. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool process. And, and, and I think there's a lot that we can all learn from, uh, just the intentionality of, of how a big and a little is matched. Typically, Someone raises their hand, says they want want to be involved. It either happens more directly through they come and find a, a big brother or locate local big brothers, big sisters, or it happens through a company uh, a lot of ways where a company will say, hey, we're partnering with big brothers, big sisters. We have an opportunity for our employees to, to get engaged. And then a number of employees may raise their hand. Right. And then on the other side, a family comes to us hmm. and the family will say, hey, we want a match for, you know, our, our young person uh, in our family. Uh, oh, for older awesome. young people, sometimes they raise their hand and they'll come directly and then, of course, get the support uh, of a parent or a guardian. And then what, what happens from there is we start to do sort of the process of making the match. And, and it's really simple, right? It is what you just said, Kate. It is asking questions, right? So we find out and we do a profile of what the young person wants, first and foremost. That's where it all starts. 
What does the young person want out of a relationship? What are they looking for in that? Mm, on the other that. side, the big comes and says, hey, this is what I'm looking for, and I want to get this out. So we ask the big. We go through a, a, a list of questions, ask the big a lot of questions about it. And then what we try to do, what we've really perfected is finding the right synergy and connection where we can create value in a relationship because we want the young person to get the most out of a relationship, but we also want the big to feel like, hey, I had a chance to really get involved, really get engaged and get something very meaningful for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think we produce the outcomes. We go through a process. And this is one thing I always tell people is that you're never left alone, right? Because that's really important to make sure that both the big, the little and the family know they're going to have match support. So we provide match support in our relationships where there's someone to check in with you, someone to give you resources, right? You need some ideas, you need some tips, right? You need some things that help out. So we provide match support and then we ensure that there's safety, right? In the relationship and for all folks that are involved, right? There's always a background check. There's always all those types of things uh, that you go through. And then we stay with you in the process. And one thing I'll just say here, uh, just sort of to wrap up on this is what I always say to people when they ask about, like, oh, I don't know about being a, a big, you know, it feels too involved or uh, how am I going to be a big? I'm not perfect. I can't be a role model for a kid. Nobody wants to put me with That's their how child. I felt. Yeah. What I always tell people is you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be present mm. and persistent. Right. Like at the end of the day, what, what and, and, and my I'd love to hear your perspective on this. But at the end of the day, Kate, I am sure that you being there. For Maya, right? It was the meals. Yeah, of course. Every kid <laughs> likes to eat. Don't get me wrong. But you sitting across that table for mm-hmm. Maya meant everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was about all the exploration of food, but the journey was with you, mm-hmm. right? And that's what we always tell people is that you don't have to, like, a lot of times, kids are going to define this and we want them to. You just got to be there. You got to yeah. give it time. You got to be persistent. You got to keep coming back yes. because they're going to open up a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little bit more. And then what you see is you have this beautiful blossoming relationship that is just really incredible. So we, we teach, we coach, we support about empowering young people, being there and being connected. And there's just so much value in that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And just to echo my experience as a young person and meeting Kate, I know you didn't feel perfect, but like you were in my eyes, the Aww. perfect sister. And I felt like I was with someone who would listen to me and who saw value in my ideas. And like when I wanted to be creative, again, it's hard coming up with a lot of siblings and having to share that attention with your siblings uh, between your parents. So to have the extra um, attention and to feel the connection between you, it was incredible and it wasn't just about like going out to eat and like trying new foods uh there was a time where kate actually invited me to her home and we baked cookies from scratch Mm -hmm. and it was the most incredible sleepover i ever had and i remember (laughs) it to this day and it was like one of those core childhood memories where you know kate talked to me like i was a human it wasn't like she was like trying to hide (laughs) she wasn't trying to hide the world from me she wanted me to be as curious and experienced thing and it empowered me to continue to want to be curious and to continue to want to grow in that way um so sometimes when i'm going through things i reflect on sort of that core childhood memory where you know kate just had me over and she's like you know this is how we turned down the bed and this Mm -hmm. is how we were gonna bake the cookies and like we're really just having these like 
core conversations about life. And like, you know, we talked about what I wanted to do when uh, I grew up, but it was like my choice versus like sometimes talking with your family, they're like, no, you're, you're going to go. You're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a doctor (laughs) and you're going to, you have to, you know, provide for this family. So I, I just felt like I got the opportunity to experience the world in a different lens and it was perfect for me. Um, but with that being said, like artists, I just wonder if you had any like core childhood memories that you reflect on that kind of ties to your success today, because I can think of everything that I've uh, become and it's probably tied back to something Kate told me in passing or some experience that I had with her. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And, and, and I will tell you definitely, you know, the experience I shared about my dad, but I also share uh, another one, which is actually an experience out of something that didn't go right. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was one out of quote unquote failure, right. Mm -hmm. Where I was being recruited, right. I was being looked at, I should say for uh, football uh, Mm -hmm. when I was in high school and, you know, I had people visiting and I was, you know, doing all of the fun stuff of, of uh, competing and got seriously injured, right? Mm-hmm. Seriously injured. And I'll, and I'll never forget because I thought that part of my ticket to getting to the next level and getting to another place outside of my community for education was just was going to be through sports, right? That's sort of what I, you know, bet on. I banked on that. And I'll never forget because I remember I could not perform the same way I did after I was injured. And mm-hmm. I fell into sort of like a mild depression of that it was like one of my lowest points. And I remember just a community of people rallying around me. And they told me, they said, listen, everything that you poured into football, the determination, the task orientation, the skill set, uh, the sense of being engaged and empowered, like all the things that you you had and you did and those skills, you can apply those same things to your academics mm. and be just as successful, right? And it landed on me, right? I, I was always sort of a, a good, studious person, but it, it, it made me fuel even more towards the sense of I can still do this and I can still excel. And the the, the outcome of this story is the same university that I wanted to play football at, I attend, I ended up attending just on a different note academically, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's part of my story. It's part of my journey that I, t- that I tell people. And the reason why it's so important for me is because I, it, I think it's so really important that young people know that there's not one route, right? There's not one route in your life. And many times the route that you end up taking is a detour from something that you thought you had a plan for, but life sort of unfolds in a different way. The question is, how do we get up, right? How do we yeah. get up after the fall mm-hmm. or the injury or whatever it is in our life and and rebound and go into the places that, that, that we need to go? And that's why, again, why I think mentorship is so important because it teaches us about the sense of resiliency, right? It teaches us the sense of access and opportunity, but also that access and opportunity is not always a straight line. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, it's going to be a winding road that helps you to get there. But hopefully on that winding road, you have someone that you can consult in, that you can walk that journey with. I had it in my life. That's what we see. We got 230 agencies all across this country. They serve 5,000 communities. We serve hundreds of thousands of of young people. Uh, But the commonality 
is that model, right? The model of that every kid, we believe that every kid should have access to a positive relationship. We believe that they all should feel empowered. So they're on this path to graduate with a plan for their future and a mentor who has an impact on their lifetime, right? And we know if we're tracking in that way, if we're doing the right things on behalf of young people and supporting young people, that we can have more young people who can feel that sense of resiliency and thrive and succeed no matter what challenges or barriers that they may face. It's so funny that you mentioned failure and resilience because I know Maya has watched, you know, my career. You know, I was a local reporter in Little Rock, Arkansas, and then moved to New York City to anchor the morning news and then moved to Chicago. to the And she's seen some real high highs and she's seen some really low lows and she's kind of weathered it with me and vice versa with her. I've, I've you know, kind of walked through some difficult work situations with her mm-hmm. and seen her, her amazing ability, her attitude and her ability to see the best in things and to realize that there's always a different way and that she's going to find it. And so just having that for life has been really amazing because you're right. You need, you can't, we're not meant to do this world alone. And it's nice to have someone there to, who knows you, who can kind of check you on things, but you know, vice versa, not just me to her, but her to me as well. I'm just curious too, because people who are listening to this, we hope that maybe someone might be interested in being a big brother or a big sister. Who's the ideal candidate, right? So what, what, what qualities would you like to see and and how can people know if, if this is right for them? Yeah. So, so the, the ideal candidate is, is any uh, person who wants to positively contribute their time and has good intention and want to support young people and support young people in a positive way. And by the way, that wants to become a better person and, and to become more involved and more engaged in their community and grow and excel and feel empowered uh, by doing that through the impact of what a, how a young person can impact their life as well. Typically what we have, we have all different types of forms of mentoring, right? So typically it's 18 uh, and above of where we start with our volunteers. And is there an age cap, like 18, like you're trying to, are you looking for young people or does it matter if they're 50? I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay. You know, we, we, right now we have 30,000 young people uh, on a waiting list, right? On our waiting list nationwide, 30,000. Most of those young people are boys. Right. So there is a need for more men Men. uh, to to engage with our mission and focus on our mission. So we do a lot of work and and we're calling on more men. However, it doesn't mean that we don't need uh, uh, folks of all stripes. Right. Right. Uh, More women, more folks from background. One of our biggest uh, programs that we're growing right now is LGBTQ plus uh, mentorship for identity, right? Mm-hmm. And connecting kids in ways where sometimes when they can't have that conversation with their parents, yes. right? That they can have other people that they can relate to and identify with yes. and connect with as well. And we have all different types of forms of mentoring that for, for people who are interested in getting volunteered, volunteering, some people one-to-one is the right thing, right? right. Being like like you, Kate and Maya. For other people, it's, it's more episodic, right? It's skill-based, it's maybe career-based. So we do a lot in the workplace that allows people to sort of find your own way in, right? And then you can come deeper if you so choose. So what I always tell people is start with going to our website at bbbs.org and put in your zip code, right? And you'll find the closest local Big Brothers, Big Sisters nearest you that you can learn more about their programs and about the experience, about how you can get involved. And there's a million different ways uh, that you can get involved. But what's most important is knowing that you can that we need you, that we want you, and that the time commitment 
for most people who decide to be a big is, is typically about twice a month, right? About an hour or so. But here's what always happens. Every person that gets in and says, I don't have enough time. Right. And they get in and say, oh, well, okay, two times a month, an hour a month. And then they're calling saying, hey, can I do more? <laughs> yes. It never failed. Yeah, never we did failed. like once a week, they, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Get, they, get, they get so engaged. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh, it, awesome. it's, um, it's something I would invite everyone to at least explore and, and see if it's an opportunity for you. Well, it's funny because I have three little boys now. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. And I, I, when you're in a big family, like you guys know, you spend so much time with your siblings, right? And you're, and yeah. you're kind of one of many that you don't get that individual attention. I see with my boys, like I probably spend more time with Maya than I have like individual one-on-one time than I do with my oldest, like who's seven, who's almost the age that we met Maya. Because when you're in this family, it's like, that's just how families are. It's very difficult with to take one sibling out when you're a parent mm-hmm. and spend that time with them because you just don't, first of all, the other kids get jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kids get jealous. They don't want that. And second of all, you just don't have the time. So being a big sister, a big brother is very special because I think you kind of alluded to it, Maya, that you didn't have any expectations thrust on you from me. Like I didn't need you to become that lawyer. That was what you told me you wanted to do. Um, and parents, parenting is so different because you're always trying to tell them what you want, even though you shouldn't, but mm-hmm. you're, you, you're trying to mold them into who you think they should be. Whereas mm-hmm. like, there's no like attachment in, to the outcome almost as a, a big, other than wanting you to live your best life. Exactly. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good. I love this. I love this talk here. Um, I, I know we're, we're kind of running out of time, artists. I, I just want to hear, because one thing we didn't dive into is really your background from the University of Georgia to now. And the through line is pretty obvious and pretty clear. And that is that your commitment to youth, because you worked with 4-H and you worked with boys and girls clubs. Thank you. You work with mm-hmm. boys and girls clubs. So clearly that has been your mission as you move forward in this new role as the president and CEO of this amazing organization. What is your vision for it yeah. moving forward? Yeah. First and foremost, that, that, you know, our program, as I mentioned to you, we serve a lot of markets. We've been around for 118 years, but we have to continue to grow and grow with impact and impact the uh, young people and particularly young people who need us most. You know, we have a few things that we we have to do in, in intentional. It's not just simply about, about big brothers, big sisters. It's about the idea of ensuring that every kid has access to mentorship in this country, mm-hmm. right? And for us to be able to do that, one, we know our programs have to continue to scale and to grow. So we are on a true growth agenda uh, in the next five years to ensure that we are creating access to a million uh, mentoring experiences for kids uh, all across this country. That's not just us, though. We know it takes more than that because even though we have 30,000 kids and we, we don't want a 30,000 kid waiting list, I'd rather have 30,000 adults waiting on kids, right? Yes. The other way around. So we need to be able to recruit and bring more volunteers. So we have a lot of efforts and engagement and we need more people at, around the table. Uh, another vision that we have is through corporations and companies, workplace. There's no reason in this country that any productive, purpose-driven company, every company should have a workplace mentoring program, right? We want to see that as an identity, as a vision. And then we want people on the ground, grassroots, to see mentoring as something that they can do in their life. And by the way, it doesn't have to be with big brothers, big sisters. 
it can be for any young person in your life. What's most important is kids, right? And that we're building opportunities and support for young people in this country. So what we're trying to do is ensure that when people come to our websites or uh, they engage with our local organizations that maybe doing the one-to-one mentorship may not be the right thing for you. But what we do want to ensure that you have is tips, resources, education, and God on how you can be the best mentor for a young person in your life. So the more that we're able to open those things, we know that we're doing a lot of work there. And by the way, one thing I didn't mention that I should is that we traditionally serve five to 18. That's our, it's been our sweet spot. Our fastest growing population since the the pandemic is 18 to 25 young adults. A lot of people don't know that. And that's simply because kids are aging out of our program and they're asking what's next, right? Mm. How do I navigate to in terms of career? How do I fill out a FAFSA form, right? And they're looking for that guidance and that support. So we're growing our programs to be able to support programming that helps career mentoring, development, Mm -hmm. career pathways for young people in that age group so that they have a bridge to employment, a bridge to education, a bridge to enlistment, or potentially a bridge into entrepreneurship, right? And they have those types of opportunities, connections. So there's a lot that we're doing. And I encourage your listeners to find out more about us. Uh, Hey, follow me on (laughs) My LinkedIn, on, on Twitter, or, or, or uh, through uh, Instagram, uh, because I share a lot around our stories, but I would love to stay connected and, and share with people more about this incredible mission. Well, congratulations to you. We are, Maya and I are both sending you such good energy um, for a successful year ahead. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for the chance to just hang with my little sister. This is oh, this is awesome. The two of y'all are awesome, right? We, by the way, we got a we, we got to feature y'all story. We got National Mentoring Month coming up in January. We got to feature the two of your story. Maya and I want to take you to out to dinner. So next time we're right, in the same city, it. let's all have a let's meal. Do it. Okay, where are we going? So, so give me some soul food something cooking or italian i do italian too i love it nice (laughs) you're cooking because i've seen you post on instagram and you look like an amazing cook so um we'll we'll figure something out we'll figure something out this has been awesome thank you both so much (laughs) really really appreciate it have a wonderful day thank Thank you. you thanks for listening to to dine for the podcast For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of todinefor the podcast, American National and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.